Welcome to Soul Bodied. This is your host, Anna Kinkela. This is a sacred space where we hold conversations on what it means to honor the fullness of our humanity and the expansiveness of our divinity. In this space, we embrace the complexities that are inherent in all of our experiences, welcoming in the messiness of all that we are as a pathway to knowing, embracing, and embodying the fullest expression of our soul in the human realm. We talk about leadership, embodiment, social change, psychology, spirituality, conscious business, quantum creation, politics, nature, movement and the body, relationships, building communities of true connection, and anything else that guides us deeper into leading from a place of wholeness and belonging within ourselves and with each other. Hello, dear ones, and welcome to another episode of Soul Bodied. This is your host, Anna Kinkela, and this is part of a series of seven consecutive episodes released over a period of seven days. And it's a way that I've decided to celebrate the relaunch of this podcast. As part of this celebration, you have the opportunity to win one of four amazing prizes. And all you need to do to be entered to win is to share the podcast on Instagram and tag me, letting me know what kind of impact the podcast had on you when you tuned in. And you can tag me at the... Anna, A-N-A, Kinkela, K-I-N-K-E-L-A, and or leave a review on iTunes and screenshot the review and send it to me through Instagram or by emailing me directly at Anna at AnnaKinkela.com. And that way I can track and enter you to win. So today's episode is extra special because I have two guests on the podcast at once, and we are having a conversation together about what it means to be a divine leader, what divine leadership really is. And the two guests that I have coming are the two leaders that you can win prizes from. And so one of the leaders is Ashley Dufresne, and the other leader is Caitlin Brush. And so Caitlin is an Ayurvedic business coach, and Ashley is a life purpose channel. Both of them work with spiritual entrepreneurs, and both of them are such a beautiful embodiment of what it means to be a divine leader. Honestly, I did not know how it was going to be to have three people on the podcast at once. I was imagining all of us talking over each other, but that did not happen. The conversation just unfolded so beautifully, so organically, and we went really deep. We cover so many topics on here that relate to leadership and what it means to be a divine leader. 
And I just feel so grateful that we were able to have this conversation together. And, you know, something that you should know about us is that we meet together on a fairly regular basis and we have these conversations with each other. And this connection between us developed very organically as well. And so there is the energy of just the the nature of our relationship and how we flow together. And that's why we decided to record a podcast because a lot of the things that we talk about on a weekly basis with one another is just something that I want to share every week to provide value. And this podcast is exactly that. It's a little glimpse into some of the things that we talk about. So I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed having this conversation and please let me know what you learned from this space. And Ashley and Caitlin are going to introduce themselves in the episode. And so tune in and listen to the end. You are going to receive so, so much from this space. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Soul Bodied. I'm so excited today to welcome two really special guests. They're two of my favorite people, um, Ashley and Caitlin, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves a little bit more in detail, but we are going to be sitting down together and having a conversation on leadership. So welcome, Ashley and Caitlin. Hi. (laughs) So, so thankful to be here. Same. This is Caitlin. Super excited to be here as well. Hmm. So, um... I'm in a hotel room and there's going to be a little bit of beeping in the background because I have no idea what it is. So I just want our listeners to be aware of that Um, and maybe some extra noises that come up. Um, And thank you for both of you for, I know that, you know, it took us a while to get this together and I was so excited to have the conversation. And um, I just want to start off by each one of you can introduce yourself, kind of what you do in the world, um, why you do the work, and we'd love to get to know you. Yeah, awesome. So I'll kick it off. (laughs) So I'm Caitlin Anne-Marie, and I am a business coach, and I infuse the science of Ayurveda into coaching for others. And I also bring in other forms of holistic healing, um, law of attraction, energy work, all the goodies. I really believe that the best way to approach our dharma, our purpose on this earth, which is, of course, what most people go into business for, is to pursue that purpose, is by looking at each of us as individuals and then building the business around that so that we can work with our energy rather than against it. Mm, I love that. And we have this like common thread between all three of us as we do energy work in one way or another. So Ashley, I think that's your cue. (laughs) That's my cue. (laughs) Hi, I'm Ashley Dufresne. I am what I call a life's purpose channel. Uh, Essentially what I do is I am able to tap in to my students and my clients energy field, open their channel and work with a range of guides up to 12 dimensional beings. And what I do is I allow and support my students in tapping into their own soul's vibration, becoming their own channel. So they're able to uncover their soul's mission, what their sacred gifts are, but also embody it, be living it, be 
in that vibration and know how to help themselves back into that alignment. So they are a clear channel of their purpose. They know exactly what their gifts are. They know exactly what their aligned steps are. And they live forth with confidence and ease as they live out their purpose. Mm -hmm. Really potent work, both of you. Um, I just feel like all three of us have so much synergy. And, you know, for the listeners out there, the three of us have been getting together regularly and chatting, and it's been such a nurturing um, community relationship mm -hmm. to have with all of you um, because it's so important to have supports and entrepreneurship. So I'm grateful to both of you for being that support for me. Um, and so I'm just like feeling really expansive to be able to anchor in here and share some of the conversations that we typically have when we get together, which is really the intention of this podcast, because we talk about a lot of juicy stuff. And um, I wanted to share the conversations that we have with our listeners. So um, I'd love for us to just kind of deepen into um, the topic of leadership and a lot of what all three of us talk about when we get together is divine leadership. And, um, you know, Caitlin talks a lot about divine leadership. Ashley does as well. I have my own brand where I talk about soul bodied, soul bodyment. And so there's all these different variations of how we understand divine leadership for ourselves individually. We work with, with our clients in that way. And I'd love for each one of you to just share about you know, what divine leadership means for you? And then, you know, what's the difference between divine leadership and let's just say like more traditional forms of leadership? How do you see the difference in that? Mm, such a good question. Um, so I think that so many of us are really familiar with traditional leadership or, you know, maybe you've had a job and you've experienced a manager or a boss or somebody who is sort of the higher up. And the perspective of divine leadership is the reason why divine is the first word of it is because it's the perception of we have both masculine and feminine energy within us. We are synergistic. We are a combination of the elements. We are a reflection of nature. So divine leadership is a way of embodying that, right? You say soul body and soul embodiment. We're really looking at it from the perspective of, again, like this holistic view, right? So each of us have the opportunity to make a ripple effect and divine leadership is this way of making that ripple effect so potent and so powerful that it continues to change lives. So you touch one person and then it touches another person. And we're going to go so deep with this conversation because <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> our conversations are always like over an hour, but we'll, we'll cut it back for you all today. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Who knows where this is going to go. <laughs> but I'm sure listeners can already feel it that this is going to go. Um, we're going to transcend a lot of beliefs and a lot of perceptions on leadership with this conversation. And that's the goal because we are heading into, you know, a new way of being, a new way of doing business, a new way of changing the world. And really, I mean, people are waking up. People are becoming more aware of our impact and how we can 
make an impact, how we can change the world. And divine leadership is a perception of you understand that you're responsible, that you have a part to play. And the most important piece that I want to mention here is that it's not about you, right? If you're a quote unquote divine leader, it's not about you. That title is not about you. It's about this unified consciousness. It's about community. It's about how we send one another forward by doing each of our soul's purpose. Mm, Yes. I love that last bit that you said. I think that's so important to keep in mind, Um, especially when we're in business and we're trying to achieve certain things in our own life. It feels like sometimes that can take over versus us anchoring back into how we are serving in the world. And um, one of the, you know, one of the things that I love about what you said is that um, divine leadership is really about bringing our whole self into the space. Um, When you talked about masculine and feminine energy, because traditional leadership is so much of, you know, we're creating ourselves to be this kind of leader um, versus we are genuinely who we are and allowing all of those parts of us to fully become embodied in how we show up in the world. Um, And that's so much the work that I think all three of us do in different ways. Um, And so uh, just really valuing how you talked about that and the importance of all of that. And I want to, and I want to hear Ashley's answer, but I also just like want to share this like beautiful piece um, that synergistically showed up today um, that I think relates to this conversation. And I think it's actually why our interview got postponed in some ways, because um, I had this like really beautiful experience. Um, I'm in Singapore right now and I went to see this like garden it has all these lights and you can like go inside and see all these plants that are typically in the Amazon. It's like really gorgeous. And there's this installation called hashtag future together. And um, I want to talk about it a little bit because it so relates to what you discussed. It's future together and it's about connectivity and It says, we are connected by invisible threads to each other. Being open kept us linked to emerging technology markets and networks. Throughout our history, our unique perspective influenced each wave of change. Even though we are small, our actions have a resonating effect on the world. And the installation is all of these little baubles that have light in them. Like they're huge and they're in the water. And then there's these like baubles that are on the side of the sidewalk. And when people touch um, these like, you know, spheres of light and make sounds, it impacts the noises that get created. So there's this beautiful sound that's emanating everywhere. And so you walk there and the sound changes and the colors change. The more people come or the more people touch Um, the little round balls. And it's just like so beautiful and really touches you into the energy of what it means to be connected and what it means to affect one another because the colors are literally changing in front of you. And you literally hear the sounds shifting as more people come in or as more people make noise. So it's just, it's so beautifully connects to what we're talking about here. And I just wanted to share that. And Ashley, you can take over. (laughs) 
I'm like blown away. I'm like, can you send a video or can you just like send me there? <laughs> oh, I made a video. I made a video. So I'll send it to both of you. And for those of you listening, I don't know, check out my Facebook. <laughs> I'm going to search for me on there for my personal page and I'll be on there. <laughs> Yeah, I like was really absorbed into that and was like, wow. <laughs> so that does it. It's like what a synchronistic experience that you had of this this coexistence and influence that you have. It's just this reminder of this um just this innate togetherness that we're meant to be existing in in life. And that like that is what life is, you know, like, but we've been taught for so long that we're separate. And then we need to be doing things like independently. And I, and I feel like maybe it's more in the Western culture or maybe it's, I don't know, just this overall theme that's happening. But I feel like it's part of the vibration of like why people left, you know, Europe in the first place. It's just like, why not do things my own way? And it created this, this sense of independence on a whole new level that was almost, I don't know, too like it was like too far on the spectrum or maybe even toxic and like created a separation and and didn't value that togetherness and over time has created this like this world of independence and like um doing what's best for me not me and i think that's why we are craving this shift in leadership so much is because so much are so much of us are feeling this desire to come together especially you know, those that are sensitive, those that are empaths, we're feeling this wave of like, well, wait a minute, like, why are we doing everything separate? Like, why are we doing everything for selfish motivations or just for money or whatever? And, and it's almost repulsed a lot of sensitive people to be in leadership roles because they feel like the image of being a leader is to be this, this like toxic, be in this toxic leadership or this, this, this paradigm that is not serving. And I think that's, kind of the point of this movement is to bring those people that are empathic, that do embody that authenticity or that divineness and put them in leadership roles so we can see that shift on the planet. So they can see something greater come about that isn't selfish, but is uh, co-created that's going to better the entire planet. And so that kind of leads into my definition of divine leadership. But I really think that a lot of divine leadership, it is everything that Caitlin said. I was like nodding my head. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Like, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I pull in this twist of this authenticity. It like in, in the deepest level. And I think I use that word because it resonates so much of my life and my life story and what drives me. And to me, authenticity is being fully yourself. And you'd mentioned this too. I think you'd both mentioned this, like being fully you on every layer and aspect of that you can, like that it isn't trying to wear these masks or be something else or, or create structures in the way that people say is right, but really knocking that shit down and being embodied in you, really owning your truth, owning your gifts, owning your weirdness and allowing yourself to be driven from your purpose, from your truth, from your passions and looking at your actions from a place of acting out of the highest alignment, not over what feels best for you. It's really, it's like, what's best for everyone? Like, what's going to be the best impact? That's not a selfish impact, especially right now, but what's going to be best for everyone? What's going to make a really positive impact here? It is that us over me uh, paradigm shift. I also see a really part of divine leadership going into this authenticity is this empowered vulnerability. 
kind of shifting the way we've been showing up in the world of like needing to look certain ways or act certain ways or be smiling or wearing nice things, but, but really being fully true instead, you know, being honest about your struggles, sharing about them, sharing about what you're going through, but not doing it in a way of like, oh, poor me. Like as a leader, you, you show up in a way of like, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is a real struggle that I'm having. And the energy behind is, is of this empowerment of knowing, hey, I'm not perfect. And I have things I'm working on. And also, I hope this inspires you to be more honest with yourself, to be more honest with the world and to show up more vulnerably because it isn't a cry for help. It isn't you looking weak. It's actually looking more powerful than ever. And if we can shift that paradigm of what weakness is, or what strength is with vulnerability, well, we're going to see a massive change on the planet because we'll actually see people being honest, not just with each other, but with themselves, you know, not spiritual bypassing and trying to be all love and light all the time, but really embodying the depths of who they are. Being a forever student, you know, and I, I think that's a really big part of the divine leadership is being a student forever, not ever being this position where you're like, well, I'm a master and I'm done now. And now I'm here to just teach. It's being in this <laughs> position that you know that you're a human and there's always layers to peel and there's always things to learn that you are a forever student. You always you can continue to invest in yourself, either in education or programs or in coaching or whatever it might be to support your self-development. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and one, one aspect that I didn't even mention yet was the space holding, but I'm sure we're going to go mm -hmm. all into that. I think this might be a perfect like segue into like, in a, in a divine leader is a sacred space holder and does it in a way of not telling people what to do, but instead guides them to their personal power in making their decisions and also knows the space that they're not adequate in holding, like no, they're not maybe educated or trained or prepared in holding and knows when to um, guide them or direct them to other leaders that will be a better fit. And again, this is acting out of the highest alignment and what's best for this, for the student or the client and not what's best for your bank. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. One thing that came up, I'd love to just share is that conscious communication piece. And, you know, we speak a lot about authenticity, bringing your whole self to the table and knowing that there is a table for you to share that out. And even more so today, because we are changing the future with this work. We are all waking up together and we are all putting something in place that allows us to show up in our truth, in our wholeness. And one thing about this is that I think that so many people resonate with what Ashley just said about, you know, having experiences that are challenging and how do I be a leader in those moments? And you get to take your time with your healing. You get to be fully present for that experience. You get to be fully present for your shadows and integrate them deeply. And through that, you are now capable for holding space for more people. But this is done from conscious mm -hmm. communication. This is done from being in a place of empowerment, not in victim mode, but knowing that you are the creator of your life. And together, we are all the creators of the future mm. oh my gosh fire like yes this is i'm i'm nodding my head to everything that all of you are saying and um there's so many threads that you know i think that we can talk about within what each one of you shared and one thing that just came up for me as you were talking caitlin was 
this, this connecting thread between what Ashley talked about, which is the individuality that our culture is about, and then this need to be perfect. And um, it feels like those two things are related to each other. We have this culture where, you know, we, we feel the need to be so independent. And so um, like, I can do everything by myself. I don't need support. And I am this perfect being. And of course we know, like we all know we're, none of us are perfect and we still try to live up to that standard because it's so embedded within our culture. And that definitely comes from, you know, um, systems like patriarchy and white supremacy that teach perfectionism and individuality and all of these pieces that are so correlated, but, um, that we've been living inside of this for so long, we've forgotten what life is about on so many levels. And I think that as I've been traveling, I've been learning and embodying, you know, what does it really truly mean to connect with people? How can we really see each other and meeting, you know, different people all over the world and just, you know, learning how to ask for help and how to ask for support and learning that this whole process is going to be so messy and being able to be in the mess of it, all of it. So everything that all of you are talking about is we're really taking down the walls and taking down what feels like separates us and creating more genuine connection with each other so we can actually see one another. And that leadership to me is really about seeing the other person, seeing each other, seeing the humanity that we both come in and seeing each other's pain. Um, and sometimes I think we really skirt over the pain of other people because we want to be empowered. We want to, you know, make everything okay, you know, be in the light. And all of those things are beautiful and wonderful. But if we can't see each other's pain, then, then we're never going to be able to embody the light together. And so I just see like all of these links coming, you know, connecting with each other in terms of how do we become closer in community? How do we become more comfortable in the mess that everyone brings to the table and actually creating space for that and creating space from that from a place of empathy and true connection with one another. And that that's a lot of what, you know, for me, that divine leadership is about too. Mm. Yes, I love that reflection. Yeah, you know, the, the, before you said empathy, um, before you got to this piece about empathy, the word that kept coming up for me was judgment. And, you know, question, where does judgment come from? You know, it, it comes from this fear of something not being perfect and how, you know, maybe that's a reflection of you or, you know, it comes from the ego and the separation of, well, if I judge it, then it's separate from me and then it's not my responsibility. There's so many things that wind up being created from that space and it makes it challenging to hold, you know, that um, commitment to empathy, to compassion. But simultaneously, we're all fully capable of doing it. And I, I believe that it is a practice and that it gets to be easier in time. And I just want to recognize that and acknowledge that because we are human and we do have mechanisms and instincts built into us that the instinct 
may be judgment and separation. And this doesn't make you good or bad. It just makes you human, right? Mm-hmm. And because you're human, you also have this beautiful opportunity to be on this earth and continue to evolve and choose again, and then choose again, and then choose again. Who do you want to be? Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you for bringing that into the conversation. Um, and this piece that you talked about in terms of, I think something that often gets in the way of leaders fully showing up in the messiness with themselves and with other people is the stories that we create about ourselves, that we are having a certain experience or emotion, whether it's towards ourselves or towards others. And um, it is, again, this like perfectionist, this like black or white, I'm either good or I'm bad. And therefore, if I'm judging this person, or if I'm feeling this way, or if this person is doing this X thing, then that means I am bad and they are bad, or I am good and they are good. And the truth is, is that we are both good and bad. We have bad parts. We have good parts, whatever you want to consider bad or good. And um, that it's not so much that any one thing makes you bad or good. Um, It's, you know, we're just having an experience and it's okay to acknowledge whatever is showing up in the space um, just from a place of like being centered in oneself, right? That that's how we can have true connection with each other instead of reacting or actually like being present. Oh, I'm noticing like, this is what I'm thinking and this is what I'm feeling. Um, I mean, Brene Brown talks a little bit about this in terms of how she leads her meetings with the people on her staff. Um, She talks about like, I'm having the story that you are thinking this about me, or I'm having the story that, so we can really recognize Like this is what we're creating in our minds versus maybe what's actually present in the space. And that if we can approach um, each other with this awareness of how we sometimes create paradigms that are in reaction versus just allowing ourselves to be in the space and to voice vulnerably what is happening, taking down those walls, Mm -hmm. how much of a difference that can make in any one interaction where things feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. That true connection with others stems from true connection with ourselves, you know, being able to have that deeper awareness, that deeper, um, uh, being able to hold space for ourselves to process and break down and identify what's really going on and not just like make those assumptions and hold those judgments and like suppress them or like make that our reality. It's befriending the ego. I think that's a, that's a really big part of this work is befriending the ego and strengthening or I guess increasing the volume of the voice of our soul. So the way I see the ego, the way I describe it to people is the ego is basically just like a bunch of boxes that we've created. Like everything that we think of, we just like put them into boxes that are pre-created that we've already decided. And so so everything we see, we're like, oh, that fits in that box. Oh, that fits in that box. And things that we don't know, we're like, oh, those fit into the unknown scary box. Okay. So our things are boxes now. Now we can function safely. We're good. Right. And so when we're functioning from that, we do, we create these judgments and then we actually become unaware of how we're even functioning in the world. And it's really hard for us to make true connections with other people because we don't really even have true connection with how we're functioning in the world or what we're putting into these boxes. But when we start to get to know those boxes and start identifying how we're doing that procedure of like boxing things up, 
and we stop ourselves and we look and we, we gain that and master that, that mindful awareness, we actually allow ourselves to identify and see those judgments for what they are, where they come from. And just through that deeper awareness of our experience, we're able to open up within ourselves. We're able to be more self-compassionate with ourselves, but also with others. We can share our experience. We can share what, what blocks we're going through. We can share the stories that we have, and we can hold better space for other people as we witness it within them. Instead of holding judgment of, oh, you're doing that thing, we can say, oh, here, here's what's happening. I can hold this, this, this really good space for you to uncover that and for you to do this work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, everything that you're saying, Ashley, is so, um, really highlights this piece around why it's important for us to do our own work. Um, you know, particularly if, I mean, it's a huge part of business in general to do our own work, but if we're holding like space for people, it's imperative to do our own work so we can have this level of discernment on what's happening within us. How are we reacting? What, what, what is the energy in the space? And also like in any relationship, right? Like our relationships thrive when we're able to also have accountability within ourselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Definitely. So I am curious about something. And the reason I'm asking this question is because um, I have a very clear memory of when I first started identifying as a leader. And I know that, especially for a lot of women in particular, or folks who have been socialized as women, um, typically, you know, there's not, there haven't been a lot of role models of, you know, women as leaders until recently. And so most of the women that I know have grown up not having a lot of examples of women in leadership. So for me personally, I didn't identify as a leader until I actually started my own business. And uh, it's kind of crazy for me to even like reflect on that because here I am like talking about leadership and it's so integral to everything that I do, but I didn't identify that way for, you know, like 10 years of being an adult and um, it's mind blowing now, but I'm curious for each one of you when did you start identifying as a leader? When did you start to really, you know, dig into this as, you know, your work in the world? And how did that process unfold for each one of you? So I'll go first. We have a, a Zoom recording going. So I'm seeing me and Ashley are both really digging into this question. Like that is such a good question really yeah. good <laughs> i'm excited to hear what, what's <laughs> happening for each one of you you know as you're asking it a lot of memories kind of flashed in for me and it was like yes it was then but not fully yes it was then but not fully and i think this is the beauty of it is that it's a constant evolution and in the, you know, in the spirit of authenticity, I will say that like there were times in my life where that timeline didn't fully exist, where it was, I'm a leader. And then, you know, something would happen and I'd be like, who am I to lead? Mm -hmm. And then I'd step back and be like, 
I'm somebody who can lead <laughs> and I'm going to do it. <laughs> and, you know, this is, this is the beauty of it. And this is, you know, I think the truth of it is that it's not linear always, you know, it's, there is definitely that point where you're like, well, there's no turning back. I'm definitely a leader. Right. And I, I definitely agree when I fully chose to be a business owner, that was the point where I was like, well, I'm not turning back now. And for my history, a little background is that I actually, um, I've been an entrepreneur since I graduated college, probably I would say like a little bit before then um, I published a children's book. And then from that space got really good at marketing because I was really passionate about the cause and the reason for the publication. And then I was asked by people who I saw as mentors and leaders, I was asked by them to do their marketing and I was encouraged by them to start a business. And, you know, people kept telling me for years and years, to do this, but it took a very long time for me to be like, oh yeah, I'll make a website. I literally had five years of experience and then created a website. And um, I just want to let that be at the forefront that this is a process that wherever you are, you're going through the process. We each have the potential to be leaders. And there were points when you know, I'd, I'd teach a yoga class and afterwards somebody would tell me this heart-wrenching experience they were going through and how they came to the mat and something I said clicked for them and something changed their day and potentially their life. And that was a point where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm a leader. But again, it would be this cycle of, well, I'm a leader, but at this level, right? And I'm not quite like president of the United States of America level yet, <laughs> but, but I am a leader. And um, yeah, I think solidifying that and just getting to the point of being like, I deserve and I'm worthy of being a leader. That was the point where I gave myself permission to start the business. And that needed to happen first before I could start the business and actually be in the role of a leader. So it's, it's definitely, there's a lot of layers to peel back in that. And I think if I sat with it more, there would probably be more. But um, at the end of the day, once you choose it, once you really acknowledge it and give yourself permission to be it, there is no turning back. It just starts to look a little different each day. You get better at it. You get more acquainted with it. You get more comfortable to be more fully yourself in it. Um, and you also have experiences like the, the rest of my life, I will gain experiences that will allow me to sink into this opportunity to lead others more deeply. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. I love how you talk about, I mean, you're essentially talking about the spiral, right? That we have with different identities in our life and how we get to grow in them and continue to ascend in the spiral. And um, I know that we've had this conversation on a training that we did together, but, you know, um, Caitlin's always been an entrepreneur and I went from, you know, working a nine to five into entrepreneurship. And so it's even interesting you know, as you're telling your story, me noticing within myself how in a nine to five, I didn't identify as a leader because I was just like part of this 
I don't know, what do you want to call it? Machine. I was a person within this organization and I didn't have a traditional leadership role. I was, you know, one of the people on the ground in mental health and I had bosses. And so I had a very traditional association with this is a boss. I'm not a boss. Therefore I'm not a leader. And one of the things that, you know, you brought into the conversation, which I think is important to highlight is that in so many ways, actually in all the ways, every person that we ever encounter is a type of leader. We're just in a different place in our journey with it and a different place of identifying it. And just the power that you had, even as a, as a yoga teacher to say something to someone that impacted their day we have the power to do that every day and every interaction we have is an opportunity to lead someone somewhere um, and to lead ourselves. And so, you know, the potency of what you're saying is, and a lot of how I've even shifted my business this year is about talking about how do we all become leaders and consider ourselves leaders and really intentionally develop ourselves in that direction in every area of our life. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. So um, my leadership story, I actually just didn't think I was a leader um, for most of my life. I, I have this disempowering theme in my story, this like disempowerment. Um, you know, I was the youngest child. I was highly sensitive and like no one understood what an empath was to kids. So I mostly just like hung out alone and did art and like my older siblings, like you know, interacted for me, did things for me. And I just really was this like little kid in the corner. And whenever I would try to be, um, you know, not even a leader, but just like be myself or be authentic or just like play, I would be shut down. Like if I would sing, I'd get made fun of. Like if I would do something, like I would get like, yeah, I mean, it was a little bit, maybe a little abusive, <laughs> mm -hmm. but, um, it, it like led me to just like kind of hiding and like made the story of like, oh, you're not allowed to be your yourself you you're yourself you're gonna get made fun of if you are you know if you talk this way people are gonna laugh at you if you sing or dance or express yourself you are gonna look like an idiot or whatever you know so these stories really did keep me from beyond being a leader just showing up and so the idea of being a leader was just like you know only something that I channeled in but as a kid, like that was something that did channel in, I was kind of channel my whole life. And I felt this and I heard this voice and I was told, I mean, from a young age, I knew what my purpose was in claiming it took 25 years. <laughs> I knew it from a really young age and it took 25 years to claim it. And still, even then it's peeling back layers. Um, but I feel like even when I, I tried, you know, I felt confident enough to step into it. I just was always in systems where people didn't see me that way. People didn't believe what I would say. And I was constantly shut down. And I feel like that's probably a really common theme for women in <laughs> the workplace. And because um, even when I would be working somewhere for a long time where I felt ready and I would ask, they're like, mm, no, no sorry. And I was like, oh man. So it just kind of perpetuated that story of like, you're not a leader. You, you shouldn't show up. Um, but that voice in my head or that, you know, that voice that was channeling in told me like, Hey, this is what you're supposed to be doing. You should be doing this. And so probably I think I mostly got put into leadership roles and never really saw my, my potential or my power, um, 
as much as maybe other people did. You know, I, I was interning um, under an art therapist in college. That was what I went to school for was art therapy. And um, she quit out of the blue. And they're like, you've been doing this for a couple of years and we need someone to, to step in. And I'm like, well, I'm not a therapist. Like I'm not, you know, licensed. Like I'm not like qualified. Like I can't. And they're like, you've been doing this for a long time. Like you can do this. We trust you. And I'm like, ah. so I feel like I've, that's kind of been the theme of my life is the leadership roles I'm put in. I was kind of like, they're like, dude, we see you <laughs> just do it. And, um, but that isn't this like, and I, and I feel like this is a really common story of you people might perceive something that you're totally blind to you know because of the stories that you have because of the blocks that you have because of whatever the way you've been existing and this story kind of continued as i like you know change change jobs as the same career line i just like did horticultural therapy and i was put in the in to lead um the rites of passage program and i'm like i don't know can i handle this like me are you sure and um i i just never was able to like really own that until I started getting angry. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny is I, I um, even as an entrepreneur, I didn't see myself as a leader. Like I have been doing this, I've been doing energy healing for eight years and I have had my own business for uh, six years and I didn't really see myself as a leader up until this last year. And it wasn't because I wasn't being a leader and I wasn't guiding and I wasn't holding space and I wasn't helping people. It was just my own stuff. And what got me to the position of being like, well, wait a minute, I actually, I am a leader, was like witnessing um, unauthentic or undivine leadership that made me like cringe and like get really passionate and like speak my truth. And through that experience, it allowed me to actually uncover what I've been suppressing for so long, which is my ability to lead and the things that I do know and um, really stepping into that role. And, and knowing that like, yeah, I have had a lot of failures and I'm not perfect. And there isn't a game of perfectionism. It's to be a leader is, is, is really owning your role here, your purpose here and knowing that it's an ever going journey of, of evolution and healing and releasing and learning and growing. So I feel like it's pretty new for me. I'm 28. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Ashley, that is such a beautiful story. I, and just, I think the way that you even told it just shows all the layers that are there. Um, and I think that you're right. I mean, every single woman I've worked with, including myself, it has had this story of like ways that we've been rejected or, you know, like ways that people have pointed out, like you're not good enough or like it's not safe to be seen essentially. And there's that like story that plays out. Um, and I think that's a challenge for every person, but definitely every woman that I work with. And so it's a lot of what you're saying is there's, there was a combination of like doing the inner work within yourself. I also heard a lot of like people seeing the leader in you and acknowledging that, which I think that's where we get to like see each other and pull each other forward. And that can be so powerful and getting angry like anger is so good it's a great thing yes it's so good <laughs> it's a I teacher <laughs> yeah it's such a teacher yeah it's an igniter thank you for sharing the depth of that like oh so good beautiful yeah, anger I, I, is fire uh-huh <laughs> anger yeah. is fire so it creates transformation so it's really beautiful that that is the thing that really like 
burnt away what was no longer serving you and allowed you to rise up. Mm -hmm. I I really feel that way. I really feel like it's, that's for a lot of people. It's like, especially, you know, I feel like women have to get to that point before they're, it's like the threshold that women are able to handle of pain or like discomfort or like being shut down is like so big that it has to get to a point where they get so angry that they'll actually make change in their life or step up or like own or whatever, you know, like it's, it's interesting, but I, I really am grateful for anger because it really is this teacher of, what boundaries are being crossed? What am I passionate about? How am I not, you know, whatever. I, it's a teacher in a lot of ways, but I think it's just a, I love that you mentioned the uh, the outside perspective, other people seeing that. And that goes right back to this idea that like, we're all in this together and we coexist. We're not meant to just be living our single lives away from other, everyone else. Otherwise we would like be like other animals where they're like parents just leave them there, abandon them, they're there alone forever you know like we have a family and then we go to school and then we create friends and we have groups and we've always existed this way like beyond farther than I can even like tell you of timelines of humanity right like from the beginning of time this how we existed and it's through that experience of being around other people that we have these really clear mirrors Mm -hmm. and reflections and teachers that help us remember who we are and what role we really have to play here. Because we all are, and I love that you said this, we all are leaders when we're leading something. And that's kind of the whole point of this work of our soul's mission is we're a leader of that mission. Otherwise we wouldn't have come into this lifetime. Mm-hmm. We're here to lead something. We're here to, to embody a gift. We're here to be fully ourselves. And, and just in that being, we're a leader. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. And something that you said that is so yummy to me that I think I've like anchored into even more this year um, because I'm someone who has been so embedded in my own individual healing. And this year, or I guess this past year, um, I really started recognizing, and I always like knew, I knew this in my head, like we know this, but it's a different thing to like really witness it in your own life to see how much we actually need to heal together and how you can only get to a certain point in your own individual healing journey. Like I'm a personal development junkie. I think pretty much most coaches are like if you're in this work Mm -hmm. and what I've seen is like, I can only get so far in my own individual healing. And then it's really about healing through relationship with each other and we get to be each other's mirror and that that's, the power of a relationship, any type of relationship. And so I love that you're touching on that as well. So important. Mm. I love that. I actually, um, so I have a friend, Corey Mascara, some, some people may know him. He's a mindfulness teacher and he was a monk and he's got an incredible story and he just published a book called stop missing your life. And I went to the book review with some friends and this is somebody who has been studying mindfulness and meditation for so long. So self-development junkie, you know, but in the, in the specifically meditation and mindfulness field. And one of the things that he said, he was like, I was told not to include this in the book. He was like, I was told not to bring this into the book specifically. Everyone told me not to do it, but I had to do it on you guys. (laughs) And I'm taking my own spin. He doesn't speak like that. <laughs> <laughs> if he hears this, he's like, wait, what? I didn't say that. 
<laughs> but um, so he brought in the conversation about how actually, you know, you can get so far in your meditation practice, but we are here to have those relationships. And this is a conversation that happens a lot. Also, I study at Kapalu, and this is a conversation that comes into every module that they teach is that, you know, you study pranayama or yoga or Ayurveda. And at the end of the day, these are ancient texts that are 5,000 years old and they're super powerful, but we need to modernize them and recognize that we've been put into this role. We've been put into the role of being homeowners. We have work, we have businesses, we have lives, we have relationships, children, spouses, whatever you may have. And you're meant to have the full experience of that as well, right? So it's not just the individual journey, but it's you're, you're one body. Yes. But you're in the mix of, you know, all of this other life that's happening around you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I love that you share that story. And, um, I think something we forget as spiritual beings is that our spiritual practice and our meditation practice is actually supposed to help us in the world. Like it's not something that you just do on your cushion for, you know, 20, 30 minutes, an hour, (laughs) however long you're actually supposed to like take this out and be in the world with it. And we create such compartments between this is my spiritual practice. This is my exercise. This is my family. This is my work. And really it's all a big mess. It's all intertwined together. And we need to be able to like pull the threads, interweave it all and be with it all. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That's like one of my big things I say to empaths, you know, cause empaths just like want to go out in the woods and just like, all right, well, I'm just going to go live in the woods and have no phone and no technology. And I'm just going to be here and leave me alone. But you know, like, sure. <laughs> I'm good here okay? for 20 miles. <laughs> It's hard to feel everything. It's hard to feel everything. I need to be in nature. (laughs) And when I hear that, like, or when I see that, because I see that a lot, because I get it. Like, I'm an empath. That's all, like, you know, like, part of our our soul is just like, let's just go run away. And uh, not my soul, probably the ego, but (laughs) let's go hide in the woods. But when we do that, we're really we're not allowing ourselves to fully show up in the world we're meant to be showing up at. But also, we're we're kind of robbing the world of our experience of the magic we're meant to be bringing. Like empaths alone, just being an empath alone is so important to humanity of like how we're able to navigate and shift vibrations in a room, but also on the planet, how we're able to make other people feel understood or whatever. But most empaths have other gifts they're meant to be sharing and missions they're meant to lead it. And, and to incorporate our work and our personal development and our gifts and actually like show up, like get uncomfortable and show up and be around other people that's where the, that's where the magic happens that that's where the power is. Like we're meant to be coming together. We're meant to share our gifts. And, um, I laugh about it. Cause like, I see it all the time. In fact, like I'm, I'm one of them. Like I decided after the art therapy <laughs> career, I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm going to move to Yosemite and just be a rock climber. And I lasted like two months and I'm like, Oh, there's something more. <laughs> like, I'm supposed to be doing something more. And, um, it's just that like that reminder of what of like, there's something more. We're not supposed to be just doing it all alone. We're not supposed to be doing it all alone. There's so much growth and potential being around other people and more so like just showing up in your truth and sharing your light. Just that in itself is so impactful. Mm. Yeah. It's like I'm talking in circles. Sorry guys. 
<laughs> no, I mean, I think it's important to mention because I think, that, you know, and yes, it's it, empaths do this. And I think there's also a lot of overwhelm in the world in general um, where, you know, there's a lot of bad things happening in the world. I mean, there always has been. And I think it's a combination of we have more information and also like climate change and also like all of these horrible things that are happening. And it's definitely not getting better is what I'm saying. And so I think that there is this tendency for us to feel overwhelmed, um, especially if you're a change maker, if you're an empath, like doubly so that we just want to cut it off and be like, I can't deal with this. I want to just isolate. And really we need to teach our nervous system that to react in a way that actually like, no, actually I need to be with people right now instead of isolate. Because when we are with each other, A, we get to come up with amazing ideas that um, create a lot of change in the world. And B, we get to affect each other through our own nervous systems and bring each other comfort and love and connection. And that is healing in and of itself. So yeah, all of that feels so potent. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yes. Thank you. Okay. I have one more question and I really want us to answer this question because I feel like it gets um, at the core of, you know, like being vulnerable and what it means to be vulnerable and be a leader. And, um, and so my final question for both of you is what is a leadership challenge that you've had recently, um, that you would love to share with listeners um, just kind of practicing that empowered vulnerability as a leader so we can learn from you and also witness you and, and what's been happening in your world. Mm. Um, yeah. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. Maybe I should have told you. <laughs> It's it's so funny because you know I'm I'm sure people who are listening know, but like how often do you have a podcast with three people at the same time? So like looking at Ashley, looking at myself, looking at you, looking like who's next? Um, but I'll dive in. I'm a I'm a diver. <laughs> I'll deep dive with you, and uh, yeah. So I think there's been like a mix of challenges for me in the last six months um, to kind of sum up. For those of you who don't know me, I, I started my business in May of 2018. Officially started my business, <laughs> but technically had been an entrepreneur for a really long time and just terrified of owning it fully. <laughs> um, everything I had before then was literally just all came to me, all referrals, all just I was a magnet for this work and constantly, you know, and that was like the really powerful question about being a leader. That was the moment of like, oh my gosh, who am I to have this? Da, da, da. Like I had people who, um, I had this one guy who hired me when I was working in a, a town in upstate New York. And he was like, you see that marketing building right there? I think you could run that building. And I was like, I'm in my early 20s <laughs> and I don't have a degree. I don't have this. I don't have that. I just am really passionate and for whatever reason, have a gift. And um, so there's been a lot of releasing of stories. And Ashley had mentioned this as well about like how these stories 
exist for every single one of us, you know, and the beauty of entrepreneurship and leadership is that you get to face your stories. And this is not a scary, dangerous thing that you have to run from, but it actually in time gets to be exciting, right? You can flip the switch and you can start to see it as this beautiful opportunity to grow and to evolve. So, um, there's always going to be a story. There's always going to be a way that you get an opportunity to surpass it. And so in the last year and a half, I had started a business. It grew immensely. It did really well. And I kind of had this moment of shock of like, oh my gosh, everything just, everything I've wanted that I thought I had to wait five, 10 years to happen. I just collapsed the timeline and didn't in one year. I hosted a retreat. I um, I grew my business to like this, like completely changed my income to the point where I was like, money doesn't matter. (laughs) Free flowing, whatever I want to do, I could do it. Um, which obviously was a, a story that I had to work with and get a little more grounded into budgeting and, you know, all these things. So there was a challenge there. And there was also, um, challenges with, honestly, I was holding such deep space for people that they had really big transformations in a really short period of time. And just like I had experienced with it, you know, massive growth in one year, they experienced massive growth in a short period of time. And it was an integration point for them and it was challenging for them. And in that, I felt challenged, like as the leader in that situation of, you know, did I do it right? Did I, did I do too much? Did I not do enough? Did I, you know, and all these questions came up for me. Additionally, at the same time, I had, I just kind of had a series of traumatic events. I had a cancer scare and this was something that had been energetically built up, um, very highly charged story in my life because I had had a form of cancer when I was 18 and the fear that I had, which is one of the reasons why I actually never took business seriously and didn't take a lot of things seriously in my life was because I had a story that I wasn't going to make it to 30 years old. And I had a story that I was going to get sick at 28 and I turned 28 this past May. So there was a lot for me to work through at one time. And it actually resulted in me pretty much stepping back and almost do nothing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And just giving myself permission to, you know, release the story of, well, I grew so much, I have to keep growing. And I, I held so much space and I have to keep holding that much space and I have to hit this goal and I have to do that. And all the shoulds, all the have tos, all the cans, all the can'ts, all of these words came up for me to the surface and hit a boiling point. And Needless to say, on the health end, I'm good, I'm healthy. And this experience allowed me to transcend the story of will I be on this earth for long enough to make impact? Hell to the fucking yes. Mm. Additionally, the experience of who am I to hold that much space for somebody? Who am I to help them transcend lifetimes of pain or like a, a, you know, a past lifetime experience or who am I to hold space for somebody who has this experience or that experience? I had this opportunity to look and say, I just, I just did that. I just helped them with that. And, you know, you touched on this earlier thing. Ashley had touched on this about um, letting go of the ego and telling people that 
you need to refer them out. I had that experience, which was something I've experienced in business previously, but for whatever reason at this higher, it felt like it was like this higher level. So it felt like, you know, there's almost the shame attached to it of like, I can't, I can't keep serving them. What? Like, why can't I keep helping them? Like I should be able to, you know, be the next facilitator for them. And truth is you're not going to be perfect for every person. You're not going to be perfect for them at the perfect time, right? There are people that apply to my programs and I flat out have the conversation with them of now's right, not, not the right time. Actually, last week I had a conversation with somebody and I was like, actually, I think you should talk to my friend, Ashley. I think she's the right person for you right now, but I'm not the right person right now. And these are really humbling experiences. Um, so that's kind of a, a big overview of some, some really deep um, shadows that I had experienced over the last year. And, and like I said, this actually turned into one of the biggest blessings of my life all of this happening at the same time, all of the ups, all of the downs, the cancer scare, like this is something that when we think about the ego, the ego is going to try to put that in the bad box and put it away and say, that's scary. I don't want to look at that anymore. But when we bring it to the light, when we bring it into a space and when we share it with empowerment, not only do you have this beautiful opportunity to see how it impacts the lives of others? I'm sure that somebody listening can resonate with what I just shared, my, my quick summary. Um, and I even had clients who have had cancer scares or have had the fear of death. We're all human. We all have the fear of death. And now I had the opportunity to transcend that for myself and hold more space for somebody else. So even in those moments of, oh my gosh, this is dark and this is heavy we get to be here, we get to experience it, and we can choose to be the empowered creator of our lives and choose to let this fuel our future, or we can choose to be the victim and, and lay back. And sometimes, sometimes we just need to sit down. <laughs> this fall, I really sat down and didn't do much, and it was scary but it was exactly what I needed. And then I got back up again and I feel way more powerful and everything feels like I couldn't imagine it being any other way. Beautiful. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing so vulnerably and um, what I'm honoring within you and witnessing within you is just really your deep wisdom and knowing your limitations and being able to create space for yourself to heal and receive what you need to. And also to recognize when, you know, you're not for everyone. And it takes us putting our ego aside, I think, in both situations and really coming into our soul wisdom to um, be able to do what you did for yourself. And um, I really honor that in, in you. Thank you for sharing your powerful story. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's really important to recognize that it's unrealistic to expect yourself to have a master's degree in everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Right? We, we, all, <laughs> we all have a zone of genius and it's a zone. You know, and I hate to make it sound like we have limitations, but Ashley and, you know, and Anna both touched on 
the fact that we each have a part to play. We each have a purpose. And there's going to be a point where you've played your part. And it may be on one phone call where you refer them to somebody who's going to be way better for them. Or it may be that they've been with you for three months, eight months, 10 months, and, and the time has completed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, and I'm actually having a podcast episode about this. It's going to come out. Maybe it'll come out before this one. I don't know. Um, <laughs> awesome. But um, I think there is the power of owning your zone is that the medicine that you provide to people gets to be a lot more potent. And sometimes we try to be everything to everyone and we dilute our medicine instead of just recognizing this is what I'm here to do. This is how I serve. And if that's not what you're here for, that's cool. You don't have to be, this isn't the time. And I can refer you to someone whose zone is exactly what you're looking for. And that way we serve the person and we also serve ourselves because it reflects in our client results. Like if we're, really, you know, doing everything, then we're doing not not much of anything at the same time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. So true. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I just want to say, Caitlin, you have been a leader for me in this stillness. Like I, when you speak of that story, I feel like I learn so much of just like witnessing you in that being able to sit back and be still in the really uncomfortable times that are really high energy and high stress. I feel like I, um, as, as you're going through this experience, I'm just like reflecting this to you. Like you were a big, like big teacher and leader for me in that of like, Oh wow. I'm going to like sit at your feet and just listen. And I want to absorb all of your wisdom, please. (laughs) Let me, let me take that in. Thank you. Thank you. I love you so much. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We are all one another's teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, We're all leading one another home. That came to me earlier as well. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I've had many, many, many um, struggles as a leader. (laughs) I feel like we all do. And I throw it out like four and I'm like, this is like the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) (laughs) but basically it's a a similar theme of you Caitlin of that like next level of success invites in the next level of healing and something that I experienced this year was um I also had like a really big breakthrough in my business and um became very visible and I wanted to share this example because I know that there are probably um a lot of people that relate to this this like fear of being seen um, it kind of plays into now that you hear a little bit of my backstory of this, like, now that I'm showing up as this leader, um, and I'm being seen or acknowledging it, I found myself like retreating and responding from like a, like a trauma response and like freezing up and like feeling paralyzed and like wanting to hide and like all of these different, like sabotaging ways of just like, Oh God, Oh my God, I'm being seen like panicking. I mean, I, I was having like trauma response to, my success, which is like kind of crazy to think about logically, but you know, if you understand emotion and trauma, like it it makes sense. And so I think that that was a really big, um, that was a really big 
lesson for me of like, okay, how, what's going on here? What are these stories? Um, why am I freaking out now that I'm getting everything I wanted? <laughs> like, where is this coming from? And it was the visibility. Um, I think another really big part, which I think kind of ties into my story that I already told was this ownership of my mastery. I like, you know, again, like other people will see it and I don't see, like, I haven't been able to see that light. And over the last, even just a few months, I've actually held a ceremony on it, a, a big ceremony for it on, um, for this new year, for this new decade. And I felt a huge shift in it that I can't even really identify that as my story anymore because I really have marked that transition and feel entirely different. But what it was, was this ownership of my mastery, of my gifts, of my mission, of my zone of genius, um, of my level of what I'm able to offer. And I think that this also is a really common one of people. And it kind of goes into what we've all been talking about, which is this like, all right, we have this zone of genius. We're not here to do everything. We're like here to offer this, this, like this gift, this, you know, um, and to, to, yeah, own that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I think the last thing that I want to talk about was, um, sacred boundaries within my business. I feel like there's always like lessons to learn there and like levels of that, that are like to grow and to like evolve and like step into. And so I feel like I've done that work with my students, but I, you know, this year hired a team and expanded it bigger than I have. And I'm really learning my role as a leader here and holding boundaries with people that I love and um, people, you know, my employees. And that's been like, it's been bringing up all of these stories for me, (laughs) you know, and I've been feeling the like actual energy blocks in my throat, in my solar plexus. And I've actually been seeing an energy healer. Like I've been doing energy healing for, you know, eight years and I see an energy healer because like, I'm like, as space holders, we need space held for us. Like we never get to a point where we don't need that space held. And it's been really nice having that space held for me in that way. Um, you know, going to someone, having them work on me and like working through these blocks to allow myself to rise to the next level and be an even better leader and showing up for mm. not just my audience, but for my team. Mm. Thank you, Ashley. Ah, you bring up so many really um, important pieces to to witness as it relates to you know us like growing and expanding, and I think that that's something that we don't actually often talk about. We talk about like it's going to be so great when we get this and when we expand in this way and get everything that we desire. And there's always a shadow side to it. It doesn't mean that it's bad. It's just you know, our bodies and our whole energetic system is getting used to what it means to walk in these shoes and to embody this other level of our being. And um, I just like witness this ability that you have to really like be so present to your own experience and to be able to sit in all of that and seek support in the space. Because I think sometimes you know, especially when we rise into a different level of leadership and we're like managing all these things, sometimes we do have a hard time asking for support and receiving healing ourselves. And so um, you're such a beautiful example of being able to recognize, you know, what's happening within being aware of it, being present with it, being accountable to it and allowing yourself to receive what you really need. 
Um, and that is such a practice that we all need to be brought into is allowed to receive and speak up our truth. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I love that you touched on boundaries and how powerful they are for you, for your team, for your clients. And, you know, this is something, this could be like a whole other <laughs> podcast episode <laughs> or an entire training that's centuries long. <laughs> it's creating boundaries that are, like you said, sacred. They are, are rooted in love. They are rooted in acknowledging the greater good, right? It's not like your boundary for you, you know, you're, you're so open-hearted. You're so clearly here to support other people that it's not like that boundary is a closed door. You know, that boundary is still like, my door's open, but my schedule is this. <laughs> my boundary yeah. is this because I, ha- I am committed to showing up in these ways. And additionally, that, that roadway of giving and receiving, that that also is simply one road that we should always be mindful of being on and being on equally. And it's not to say like, you know, if, if I give, I need to receive from that person. Or if I receive now, I better pay that person back. But it is that like collective consciousness of like, you're giving to your clients you need an energy healer, you're providing energy, you need to receive some support in that space too. You know, in this group here, like we've been talking for a long time, just in our own little mastermind, the three of us. And that's been a very essential piece of, of what I've been doing the last few months is just receiving that support from sisterhood and, and feeling safe. And this is another big thing. You know, you touched on sort of feeling like almost that, that PTSD response. I've been there too. <laughs> Just, and Anna had mentioned about the nervous system, about how we do need to be mindful of our nervous systems. And there's so many different ways that we can soothe it, right? We always have connection to our breath, but this is something that is so incredibly necessary to be mindful of. How can you allow yourself to feel safe and, and comfortable so mm-hmm. you can show up? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah thank you thank you for sharing that um as you all can tell we could sit here and talk about things for hours um many hours many hours (laughs) and just go deeper and deeper and come up with more and more things to talk about and um sadly we're probably gonna have to end this podcast (laughs) but we will probably be back. I mean, there's so much to talk about. Um, and so all of you know, as I've been mentioning during um, the past couple of podcast releases, you have an opportunity to win some amazing prizes when you share the podcast on your Instagram platform. And um, when you leave us a review on iTunes and tag me in that. And Ashley and Caitlin are the prizes. Well, you don't get them, but you can them <laughs> for a very limited time um, on a session. So, so. <laughs> I'm really picturing like you mailing Ashley to somebody and Ashley just pops out of this box with a bow on her head. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
that would be the most amazing <laughs> gift and best prize boundaries. <laughs> oh, I learned quick, huh? <laughs> oh my gosh, so good. Yeah, so you can win um, sessions with these two amazing leaders. And so if I were you, I would definitely be entering in this giveaway. Oh, yeah. Um, and the three of us together are working on something really special and we're not ready to talk about it, but I just want to put out a hint out there into the world that we are bringing birthing something and I cannot wait, um, to do this with you. And it's been such a privilege to walk with you these past couple of months that we've been masterminding meeting, being in sisterhood together and, I'm so appreciative and grateful for our connection and um, I value the deep conversations that we have and I love both of you individually and I love us collectively. So um, thank you for, for doing this podcast and for being here today. Thank you. Thank you so I much. Love you so. I love you too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.